Be'ezes Hashem Yisbarech. We'll continue what we are learning in the Holy Letters of the Balatanya, letter number 12. The sheet is L'schus Rafur Shalema Fahinda Bastabarachal. What we are learning, the whole idea of the act of charity, the act of compassion, as bringing peace in the world, and how the inner obsession, the inner permeation, the inner saturation of complete compassion in a person's work, in a person's life, where a person is totally subsumed with compassion, that brings an everlasting, never-ending tranquility. We're going very deep into this concept to understand it in its entirety. To see the panoramic collective story of man where every Jewish person, both man and woman, as we explained multiple times, have two sides to them. They have a water side and a fire side. The water side is in spiritual terms, not only in physical we are made up of all elements, air, fire, water, and earth. But spiritually speaking, we have a water side, which is a giving side. Water, when you pour water, it goes all over saturation. Superficial, but yet saturation. Quantity, but yet all over the place. And the more it's spread out, the more thin the revelation is. You drop water balloon from very high up, it will spread throughout a very enormous amount of space. But it will only irrigate, it will only, its water will only touch the surface surface of the ground. But when you start a fire, the fire is from within. The fire burns up the four elements all around, and once it's done releasing the unity of all elements, once it's done, then it moves on slowly but surely. It breaks down all, every element to its core. And this is the fundamental question that Balatanya asks in this letter. How can you make peace between fire and water? Water has its own identity, its identity of expansion, expression. Its, its whole idea is to go from up, down, and as it goes down, it becomes more superficial. It doesn't become more real, it becomes more superficial. And fire, on the contrary, fire's whole objective is to break things down to their core. And fundamentally, this is the difference between men and women. But not just men and women as in the genders, but it's men and women within yourself, within your own gender. 
Your man inside you is your soul. The woman inside you is your organs, is your body. Is the flame, the yearning, the emptiness. And although there are multiple different levels of man and woman in your own body, which means soul and organs, soul and container. Although there's so many different levels, it's extremely important to understand that the neshama, the soul of who you are, whether you're a man or woman, is just an idea. It's just an idea. It's untouchable. It's unfathomable. It's like water. It will irrigate the whole body. It will permeate the whole body. It will overwhelm the body with life. But that life only has meaning in this world. If it's narrowed down by all the organs, if the organs are finely developed, there's a uniqueness like we discussed in the past of a child who's born two weeks old, three weeks, waiting to get a smile out of the child, waiting for him for to mirror you back the purity of your soul. Because your smile is tainted. Because you have your personality already developed, but a child is so close to purity. His soul, and you wait for that smile so he can give you back the purity of your own smile so you could redefine and go back to the core, the purity of who you are. And this is the paradox of life. Do we want the soul in its purest form? The way it is in a child, two weeks old, three weeks old, right when it's about the glimmer of a smile, a conscious smile. Or do we want to smile the way we are as a fully developed human Man or woman who's went through life with tremendous amount of suffering. And then to smile. A smile that comes out of tremendous pain. And to see the difference between the two. To see the difference between the two is to make peace in your own body. Before you look at your spouse, whether you're a man or woman, before you look at your siblings, before you look at anybody outside you. Can you look inside yourself and realize that you are made up of man or woman? You are made up out of water and fire. You are made up out of the energy of your soul, which is indescribable, undefinable, so pure, so full of life, so not interested in ego, so selfless. And then you're made up of another part of you, which is a body, which each organ has its own life. Not only it has its own life, that it takes on a life of its own. The brain processes thoughts. And the brain runs the whole body. But the brain itself needs vitality. The hand will write. And the hand can communicate as you speak. But the hand, when it's asleep, it has its own vitality. So the same exact thing, our bodies, they have its own, it has its own vitality. Just like in physical, your body, when you're asleep, your body has its own vitality. Your soul has ushered itself into the ethereal realms. Your soul goes back to get rejuvenation from a world unseen. And all that's left is your body that's alive. 
Your body that's alive at that moment is not functioning in the sense that you function when you're awake. All of the organs don't have a hierarchy, don't have that place. And this is a metaphor for the ego. Just like your own body, the energy that's in your toes and the energy that's in your hand, it's the same energy, just one is animating the hand, one is animating the toes. When you're fully awake, the toes will walk. In addition to being alive, they will walk. In addition to your hands communicating and writing and giving and taking and holding and rejecting, your hands will just fit, merely be alive. Same exact thing, our bodies create this idea of a separate sense of self. Materialistically, we are alive without our functions. Materialistically, our bodies have its own life force. You understand? There's the soul in its purity. This is a very deep concept, but it's extremely important to understand if you want to get the essence of compassion, if you want to get the essence of this letter. There's the soul in its purest form. Where when you look at a baby, you see that soul. But then there's when you look at your own body, not looking at the soul. Your body is alive on its own. Yes, it's the soul that has come into the body and animated the body. But now let's look at the body on its own. Not that the body reflecting this beautiful purity of a soul like in a child. But your own body right now when you go to sleep. That body has its own life force. That's animating it, pulsing it, keeping it alive every moment. Where the body is the death and the life force that's in it is the life of it. So your body itself is made up of right and left. Your own body is made up of its own identity, which is part of its alive and part of its dead. So there is four levels in every person. Every man and woman has four levels inside of them. You have your body, the way your body is in the lowest space, your body is dead. Meaning to say where you are just similar to a dead person. Where you are mineral. You are literally from the mineral kingdom. And when you're asleep, you're very close to that state. And God forbid when a person passes away, all that's left is the lowest state of man, which is just his body, just his bones. His soul is middle departing from him, little by little. But for the most part, the essence of his consciousness has left him. We don't like to talk about death. But we must see death for what it is in order to understand what life is. So the lowest part of everyone's body is the dead part of them. The part of them that they want to run away from. The death of us. What's the difference between twins and one of them is alive? You have no use for the one who is not alive. God forbid, even if he was your good friend and you loved him, if he's not alive anymore, there's nothing you can do. You say Kaddish, you eulogize him, and you have to bury him because his soul has departed him. But what you see that's left from the person is his body. A body that kept to the mitzvahs, a body that allowed him to do unbelievable things, a body that's going to come back to life in Tchiesa Mason. But nevertheless, the lowest part of the man is the body. Then in his body, he has a soul that gives it life as long as he's alive. And that soul is in the body. You see that when he's asleep. That soul is the, is the animation of this body. 
That's the second level of a person. It's a level below, above the lowest level. Do you see this in its entirety? Your body isn't just alive when you're asleep. Every organ has vitality, its own vitality, but it's vitality that just gives it mere life. Now he's not anymore dead. Where, where the death of you gets life, where your body gets life and your body is no more a dead person. This has very little meaning because God forbid if somebody's a vegetable, somebody's sick in the hospital and they can't wake up, it has very little meaning. You still pray that they're going to wake up. And in a certain sense, a child, you know a child's born like that. You say, Zach, cotton, godly year. One day will grow up to be a giant. You hope and pray that he's going to develop like a normal child. And the second level is where the body's alive. The third level is where the soul starts to enter into this body that's alive. And the soul is the ten energies of who you are. Not your ten animalistic energies. Not your personality, not your ego, not your selfishness. The ten energies of make, make you up, your intelligence, your emotions, and your activity, your actual brute torso, your movement in this world. So now you wake up. And your soul comes into you. You say, And your soul has been brought back to you. And now you are a walking man. And your neshama has been restored to you. So now your body has woken up. The soul that was animating your body while you're asleep is also woken up. And now you can start to move. You do movement. And now the soul that's in your body will start to dictate your life, hopefully. And tell you now it's time to pray to the creator. Now it's time to give thanks. And now. You have made peace. With your body. The soul that animates your body. Which is known as the Nefesh Bahamas. Which is known as the body that it has its own identity. The soul, the animal living soul. And then your real soul. The core of who you are. Which is not your body. Not at the life force of your body. That's a, when you're asleep. When your neshama is going back to heaven. It's your neshama. It's your ten energies. It's the core of who you are. That you're a Jew. That you have a neshama. You have intelligence. You're not an animal. You're not a vegetable. You're not a mineral. You're actually a walking human being with intelligence. Intelligence. Emotions. And you're going to make those emotions real. You're going to make that real. Every, every moment you're going to move around. You're not just going to wake up. You're not just going to say brachas, you're going to go to the shul, you're going to daven, you're going to go throughout your whole work day. That's your soul. <laughs> and your body and your animalistic nature, which is the soul of your body, they're all coming together. Three levels. And you might think that that is everything. Explains the holy Balatanya. There's a fourth level. And that fourth level is the highest level of Adam. Why do we call it Adam? You look, you're looking at yourself now. You think you're an Adam. Your neshama is in your body. Aleph. Aleph 
It goes on alufish al oil of Aleph goes on echad. Aleph goes on yinashama. Elika mamash. Chalik elika. Dalit mem. It's in dam. It's in your blood. It has animated your animalistic personality. It's making, it's negotiating with your animal. Not just your physical body. Your death of you, but also the life force, the animal inside you that wants to hijack the body for itself. The part of you that gave life to your body even though your soul was asleep. There's a part of you, it's a shadow. The shadow self, we live with it most of the day. We think that's who we are. That's So we have a part of us, the feminine part of us. When we say feminine means the body, the brute reality, what's going to make everything real. And you have this body which is your left side of your left side. And then you have the right of your left. You understand? It's the second level, which is the animalistic inclination. That's your feminine side, your female side. And now your soul comes into you. And now there's a negotiation process. They have to make peace. Do you understand? Your body, your death inside you, your body, the part of you that's gonna, that's not alive. And then your animalistic inclination that's alive when you're asleep. Now when you wake up, there's a tremendous battle. What is your body and the animalistic soul in your body? What are they telling your soul? They say, who is going to run this animal? Who's going to run this body? Am I going to run after my pleasures? Am I going to run after another addiction? Am I going to run from my phone to the next thing? Am I run with anxiety? Am I going to run to fulfill myself? Am I run to have pleasure now and then complain later? Or am I going to master? Am I going to be the master of my own home? And this is a tremendous negotiation where the body and the soul of the body, which is the animalistic inclination, will challenge your soul to make you real. It will challenge you to be Adam al-Elyon. It will challenge you to go beyond your ten energies. You think that you're your intelligence. You think your soul is an intelligence. You think your soul is your heart. No, 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 no. There's a core inside of you. That that core, you, you see a glimmer of him when the child is born. There's a core inside you, the core of your ten energies, the core of who you are. The Jew that screamed Shema Yisrael when he was burnt at the stake in the Spanish Inquisition, who knew nothing about Judaism. The Jew was about to be killed during the terrorist attack. And scream Shema Yisrael, the Jew that after seeing tremendous terror and havoc and death in front of his eyes in the most vile form of corruption and evil, wakes up to the core of who he is and has no idea where that comes from. That's the core of who you are. It's It's the fourth level. It's something that's hovering. It's something that's beyond description. It's not what wakes up in the morning. It's not the Vayipak Pap of Nishbashayan. It is the core of who you are. It's even deeper than that. It's the part of God that's invested inside you. It's a part of you that's Adam al-Elyon. It's in the sense that even in the highest levels, it's unfathomable, it's untouchable, it's uncorruptible. And it comes out moments in your life. That's the highest level. The highest level of man is when, like by a tzaddik, he rules entire humanity. He uses all of his organs to see from one side of the world to the other. He sees from one side of the spectrum of the Torah to the other. He sees and through all hearts, he sees the unity throughout the whole entire universe. He has different eyes and a different heart because he's worked with tremendous compassion 
He's made peace in his own body. Not necessarily was he born a prophet, a born a sage or a mystic, but he's negotiated. The deepest, most brutish part of his body will challenge the core of who you are. You understand the greater the darkness, the greater the light. Do you understand the heroic struggles? We just gave examples of the Shema Yisrael that was said by who? By people who are about to die. Because the most brutish death, the most brutish darkness, the most emptiest of things call out the deepest core of my potential. The deepest challenges make the greatest heroes. The deepest struggles, the most profoundest betrayals unleash the Yosef HaTzadik in us. The one who will rule the world. We think life is a bowl of cherries. Bikash Yaakov Leishev B'Shalva is a tremendous amount of compassion. Compassion means that you're challenged by your gbura. You're challenged by your emptiness. You're challenged by your, by your brutality, by your bruteness, by your, by the, your death, the death inside you. You think it's terrible that you have negative impulses, addictive personality. No, if your addiction challenges you to the core, Ultimately, it will unleash not your just, not just your 10 energies. Not only the 10 energies of who you are, the soul, the Jewish person, but it will unleash the core of the Jew. Did you ever see that core? You've seen it multiple times. You've heard about it in stories of self-sacrifice, of tremendous surrender. You've heard about it in the stories that made the greatest sages of our history. David HaMelech, Shloim HaMelech. Moshe Rabbeinu, all of these people, was one moment in time when they challenged themselves, they were challenged to the core, and the core of their consciousness came out. The Rusa Deliva, the Yikra the Kuchabrichu, the core of who you are, which means, which is beyond anything you could imagine. The Yisrael Shabbat Shama, the part of your soul that's hovering, that's so far away. So do you see this enormous, magnificent idea, what he's trying to say over here? If you push yourself to the limit with compassion, you find the lowest of the lowly people, the most suffering people, the most the people who are yearning the most, be it for anything, be it for spirituality. You look at them like they're a Russia. You think that they're evil. In those Jews lie the Yikra, the Kuchit, the Brichu. In those Jews, in the emptiness of life, calls out the deepest, most profoundest power of who we are. You understand how judgmental we are, how, how judgmental we've been for hundreds of years to look at the negative, to look at the people who don't know about Judaism and to judge them, the poor people in spirit, the poor people in intelligence, and to judge them, to realize that they're here for us. They're here for you to get in touch with the deepest part of your soul, to look positively on them, to transform them, for the deepest core of who you are to come into them. You think you're any better than them? Do you understand where the baby Tzvadichiv, why he was so holy? Why the Balatanya said we couldn't start davening until they listened to his prayers? Because he looked at every empty soul and he infused that soul with vitality. He made Tchiyas HaMesim. Do you think Tchiyas HaMesim is going to be that one moment all the Jews of all the generations are going to start to live? No, we have to usher in a Tchiyas HaMesim in our door, in our generation, Tchiyas HaMesim. The real Tchiyas HaMesim is to look not only on your own brute body, that you just woke up from the dead where your body was hardly alive, but to look at a person who you can't even see his soul and to see him with a positivity, to realize that he's there for you. 
He's there to call out your core, just like in your own darkness, you will reveal your greatest light. Just like when your spouse challenges you to the core, the pregnant potential lies in the feminine, in the darkness, in the details, in the organs. And the more stuff they are, the more challenging it is, the more deeper you have to go deep into yourself. So when you see evil around you, it's an opportunity. There's not nothing really evil. There's no souls that don't have. When you see a poor man, you think God couldn't have given him the money. He's giving you far more than you're giving him. He's giving you the opportunity to feel what it means to appreciate money. He's giving you the opportunity to get in touch with the core of who you are. He's giving you the opportunity to unite with him, to listen to him. He's giving you an opportunity to narrow down your soul, to get in touch, to wake up with the deepest, most hardest part of your soul and to bring that deep into your body, into your empathy, into your feeling, into your feminine side, into your details, into your body, and then to feel him and to listen to him. And then you've made peace with the core of your soul and the lowest part of his body, which means then, then you and him become a beacon. You become a real Adam. Not just an Adam, Adam al-Alien, but an Adam that's Adam al-Alien where you bring in an energy of God that was never in the world before. That's what he's talking about over here. Then the Messianic era explains the Holy Balatanya will be revealed a level of unity of godliness that wasn't even before the creation of the world, before Adam Adishan sin. That is the power of the pregnant potential of the female of God, of the woman of God, of the Jewish people. We are creating a new consciousness, a new hybrid. So you and your marriage, when your spouse, when your wife challenges you and says, I don't feel your love and narrows it down and gets more and more narrow. It's an opportunity. It's an amplification. It's a reflection of you. If you can't get into the recesses of your soul and make peace with that, then you're misunderstanding what's going on. She's doing it for you. You and her are one. Just like in your body, your body, are you going to separate the body that was asleep with the soul of who you are? You're going to separate them. You understand your mind was made for your heart and your heart was made for your mind. Your soul was made for your body. The poor man was created for you. Do you appreciate your money? You can have $10 million in the bank. You have no appreciation running to the next deal. But if you will get sensitive with the poor man and sit with him and eat on the same meal together, eat at the same table together, look at the difference between enjoyment, bliss, and joy, and quantity, and the idea of money. You have no idea what money is. Money's a mask. Money's not a masculine concept. Money's a feminine concept. Money means money needs to be received. It's only for the woman. Woman knows how to make something out of the money. You just know how to work. You just the sole idea. And that's why it doesn't matter which area you are in life. It doesn't matter whether you're by yourself in your own room. Your soul is just your right side. But your left side is what makes it real. Your feeling ability, your organs, that's what makes it real. That's the tremendous lesson that he's saying over here. And all the great mystics, the Holy Balatanya came for one reason unto this world, to teach us all to look with our right eye and everything. Because if you look on yourself with love, then you can bring the deepest core of your soul into your body. And if you look at all your family with tremendous right eye energy, and you can narrow that down into the left eye, which means narrow it down to the feeling and feel everyone empathically and intuitively. And the more you're challenged by your children, the more you're challenged by the poor man, the more you're challenged by negativity in your life. It will bring the core of who you are, something beyond that you're aware of. And I will make peace with all of your life. And then you will see that you and your spouse are one. Your spouse was made for you. 
You're nothing without your spouse, just like your soul is nothing without the body. If those two separate, God forbid, you have no purpose in this life anymore. Your body is buried and your soul goes back to heaven. And there's no more creativity. There's no more birth. There's no more pregnancy. There's no more potential for transformation. And that is the most greatest unity that could possibly be. That's what he's talking about in this letter. Push yourself to the limit with compassion because your body will try to stop you. Because your body is your feminine. But your body is empowering you. It's giving you everything. And now look at your wife like that. And understand, if you're a woman and you're looking at your husband, you're going to make him real. You have everything that he has. Everything that you want is there. But you got to get in touch with your right side, with your giving side. And when you wait, get in touch with your right side, he'll get in touch with his left side. He'll narrow himself down. It's an interaction and negotiation because it starts with me and you when we wake up in the morning. My body wakes up to its soul, to its life force, to its animalistic inclination. And then we start to negotiate soul and body. Let's thank the creator of the world. Let's focus on the business. Let's eat for energy to unite with God. Who let me focus on the gluttony of the food. Let me watch the news and listen to obsessively and try to numb my pain. Or let me go and be sensitive for another person. Let me be awakeful to my purpose. Let me learn the Torah. And it's a constant negotiation because the goal is not for the soul to overwhelm the body. This Torah, Ikhvis of the Mashiach is that we make peace with the lowest level, the heel, where every part of us has to love God and fear God and yearn for God. Not my right side overwhelms my left side. Not a marriage where the man rules. It's where men and women interact with each other. They make each other real. How are we going to usher in the Malchus of Hashem? How are we going to usher in King David, Melech HaMashiach, if we don't make peace with all of our feminine sides, which means the feminine, the part of us that makes us real. If we don't negotiate, if we our personalities, if we can't see all the wealth and say this wealth is for another person, if we cannot understand that our selfishness, our feeling ability, our organs are just there to make God real, are just there to make my soul real, are just there for somebody else. My jealousy and all my selfishness is only this. I could surrender myself to somebody else. Because then in that sense, I become the soul and they become the body, but the soul and body become one. And then we bring down, we bring down a compassion from God that was never in this world before. Because God makes peace with his right side and left side. His left side is giving us very little. And his right side is, it's a part that's not revealed in this world. But if you make peace right and left in your own body or between your spouse or between the mad, rich man or poor man, God makes peace between his chesed and gvura. And then his chesed comes down in gvura and because he comes down and makes peace with you like it says in the Medrash, this week's parsha. That Vayar Moshe Rabbeinu saw the suffering of the Jewish people. And Hashem says, I will leave the heavens and I will leave the earth and I will come deep and only talk to you. That's why Hashem came to Moshe Rabbeinu. Why was he chosen? Because you were sitting in Pari's palace and you could have enjoyed life, but you saw the suffering of another person. Vayar That's what the Medrash says. So Hashem says, I promise you. I will leave the heavens, which means I will come from places that you have no idea and I will make peace with you. I will talk to you because that's what you did with my Jewish people. You looked at the body and you were the soul and you could have separated the two. But you went deep into the body. You helped all the suffering people and you couldn't stand their suffering and you suffered with them. That means you eliminated hierarchy of rich and poor. You eliminated right and left. 
You came from your deepest core of who you are, deep into the body, deep into the Jewish nation. Hashem said, you're the one who I'm choosing. And I will talk to you. That's what he says. And the Medrash says, anybody who goes in this path, Hashem says, I will talk to you. To make peace with your wife, to make peace with your spouse, doesn't mean to make peace. It means to say that I was born for you. To understand this in its entirety is the secret of the Holy Balatanya, the secret of Chabdalatevis, the Holy Balatanya's purpose in this world. Where he wrote this last letter of Anefesh Ashvela, the lowly soul has to go into all the darkness, has to constantly, it doesn't matter if it's nonsense, my child's nonsense, to hold it and cherish it as much as you cherish anything in Torah. Playing matchbox cars with your child should be as holy as Yom Kippur. Because that is, that is the essence of the truth of God. Where somebody else's physicality, even if it's nonsense, should be so important to you like Yom Kippur. Then the Abisher says, I will leave the heavens and the earth from creating them superficially and in the heavens being hidden. And I will come deep inside you, the revelation, which is compassion. Which means I will have compassion on you. I will judge you favorably. I will look with you. I will reveal my light to you. Which is the revelation of prophecy. Sort of prophecy that he's talking about. Ushering in the messianic era now. And this is the secret of what he shares with us in the Tanya. To realize that the poor man in any area. The poor man in my body. Or the poor woman in my body. The poor. The emptiness is what allows me to be. It's what brings out my pregnant potential. And to understand. To make peace with that. To make that my life's mission. To refine that and work with that. The lowest parts of me. The most abhorrent parts of me. Those are the parts that will set me free. Those are the parts. The parts that are most. My trauma is what, who made me. My details. It's what brings out my life force. It's what makes it real. And to understand masculine and feminine energy in yourself. Is to make peace in marriage. It's to make peace with the rich man at Borman. To make peace with teacher and students. To make peace. With any area in life, to eliminate all judgment and to suffer with another person, to realize, to create the unity where the whole Jewish people become one. And that brings down the depth in the core of God. Something that this generation will merit, that no generation ever merited. Why? Because we're the lowest generation. And the lowest of the low bring out the deepest of the deep, which is the secret that the Balatanya explained in the last letter that he wrote right before he passed away. And today's Chabdalatavis, this idea to understand that the deepest, most core of who you are will be challenged by the darkest, by the most empty, by the body, the brute reality of your life. So if you feel you're in a marriage that's narrow mind, it's the most beautiful marriage. If you could only get in touch with the core of who you are, whether you're a man or woman, and to realize that over there compassion will be born. The suffering of the Jewish peoples will brought out that tremendous compassion of God. The tremendous Yud and the tremendous compassion of Moshe Rabbeinu who was chosen because he suffered with another person. And to understand that during Zmanagolas, be able to choose a life like that now, that is the most wondrous thing in the world.